Hey, great to see you all and great to be here at the Digital Day um, and talk about um, actually uh, AI applications that are already in production, but also give you a bit of an overview of uh, what AI might be able to do in the future. Um, I'm Rasmus. I'm the co-founder of Merantix. We're a venture studio building AI-first companies. Um, and my personal background is actually in deep learning research. And um, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to drop them into the tool. Um, I, will, I will maybe have some time afterwards at the end of the presentation to answer them. I want to motivate this session really with um, to show you what AI can actually currently do. So give a few highlights of latest research of AI and also to show you really the power of AI and what we will likely see in, in real-world applications in a couple of years. Um, one big area where AI has made great progress in the last couple of years is computer vision. So basically using AI models to understand the world. Now, if you, for example, look at autonomous driving, if you look at aerial imaging, um, there are a lot of applications where um, basically computer vision, so analyzing images, uh, really makes a difference and uh, helps to understand the world. And actually, AI is already better at, than humans at this. So, uh, for example, at this example, if you would get to the same task to a human, they would need you know, much longer to recognize everything. And for some objects, they might even make mistakes. And this is even more apparent when you look at other computer vision applications. For example, here, detecting different crop types uh, of fields. And that's very you know, hard for a human to do. And the machine is actually really good at this. And this, you can imagine, opens already a lot of interesting applications, basically wherever images or the human eye is currently involved. But also we are actually, especially in the last one or two years, much better now at also generating uh, data for, with AI, which is obviously very important in anywhere in the media industry, in marketing, anything that is content related. So for example, um, this AI model um, actually from last year uh, was tasked to, to think of an avocado chair and generate something. And you know, it's not a very obvious task. And this is what the AI model came up with. So it actually generated chairs that looked like avocados and it had never actually seen a chair like that before. And still the AI model could understand that it's about a chair and that's about an avocado, understand both concepts, and then basically uh, create a, um, an image out of that that looks very photorealistic. And actually just last week, uh, the next generation of this model came out um, and it's even more impressive. So um, the task it was, for example, given is, um, now think of a propaganda poster depicting a cat holding cheese dressed as Napoleon. You know, this is this is like something that is very complex. And even as a human, like drawing this, even thinking about this in our mind um, is, is quite complex and not very obvious what this could look like. And so, well, uh, this model actually generated in a, in, a, in a very short time. And this is what, what, came, what came out. So um, you can really see that, you know, in this image, this is completely computer generated. Like this is not based on some existing images. This is completely made up by the AI model. And so you can imagine a world where basically these new AI models can really generate any type of content and not just as photos, but actually also as videos. Um, and I mean, also considering the challenges on deep fake, deep fakes, so fake content that looks like real, um, will very soon, actually probably already now, um, not be able to distinguish these from each other. Another area that is super interesting is the space of natural language processing. Um, and that's also, I mean, a space, I guess, especially in the legal world, which is very important. Um, we deal, lawyers deal with a lot of text. And so there's also a lot of interesting progress there in the last couple of years in terms of what AI can do in the, in the text space. Um, and I want to show you some, some of that. And what I actually did is I took a um, talk to the shareholders at the AGM of the Deutsche Bank, uh, a talk from Christian, Christian Seving. Uh, he gave, um, this is just an excerpt of that. And then I gave it to an AI model that has never seen the speech before, has never seen um, anything from, from, from that respective institution before and told the AI model, hey, you know, this is a very long test. Can you please summarize it? 
And, you know, it's a very long speech. And this is what the AI model came up with. It really understood what's going on. It understood it's a formal speech. It's addressing shareholders. Um, it's kind of talking about some of the highlights of the speech. And this is all generated by a model. There's no, there's no human in the loop trying to, uh, at the end, like optimize this and um, kind of uh, fix some of the errors. This was completely machine generated. So it's very impressive. Um, AI models are really good at now understanding text. But it goes even further. Um, you know, this is, a, for example, a very complex paragraph of this speech, which is about like interest rates and, you know, why the company made more or less money and how that will change. And if you're not from the financial sector, you might not understand what's going on there. And so um, again, gave the AI model the task and say, look, like take this paragraph and just make it so that a second grader can understand what's going on. And again, the AI model, um, which had never doesn't know necessarily anything about this space, came up with, with this text here. Um, which is a very simple explanation of, you know, why the, the company made a lot of money or less money and how that is related to interest rates. It's really a simple summary. And so you can imagine just now what, what endless applications are possible, um, you know, using these AI models in the real world. And then the last one is, is around generating of, generation of text. So what I did is I basically took a few headlines from, from Deutsche Bank, you know, where maybe there were some important topics in the news that should be addressed. Um, and then basically took them, um, you know, these are, these are the ones in text. And then what I said is, look, you know, we have these like four headlines we care about. We should probably address them in our uh, annual general meeting. Um, please create a speech for the CEO uh, for the annual general meeting. And basically out of these headlines, just um, the AI model then generated the following speech. And this is just an excerpt of that. So, you know, just based on these facts and um, the AI model could basically put it into context, knew kind of what the format was of the presentation and would completely generate um, um, these, these, these texts. And you can use now the same AI model also for basically completely different types of text and the model would still uh, perform well. And that has to do with that the model was basically trained on a lot of data from the internet. So it has basically seen, you know, millions of lines of text. And so just generally has a very good uh, understanding of, of text and context and uh, also has some domain knowledge. And now if you, if you think about these recent progresses, it's very impressive how these models work. And to summarize what AI can do, you can think really about this AI in general around um, you know, some, some model that you know, is in the end programmed and in the end has learned from a lot of data that basically on the one hand takes data in and that could be text, that could be sound, that could be numbers, images, voice, whatever. In the end, you all present that just in terms of numbers put it into the model, and then the model can either do predictions around it. So for example, say, look, is this a car or a person? But it can also generate data out of it if you give it the task, or it can uh, generate text, or it can recognize certain patterns in the image. So it's really, and these new AI models are much less like task specific, but are much more generic and can also really take in different data types. And that's super exciting because um, what I'm gonna show you on the next slide is that basically we as humans, basically do the same, right? Like all we do is we look at the world and we read stuff, um, you know, we smell stuff, we hear stuff, and that's all just data that's processed in our brain. And then in the end, we produce something out of it. We produce images, we might draw, design something, we write text, we predict something, think about, you know, is this a car or a dog or a cat, um, or we recognize patterns and then react on that. And so because of that, and because also, I guess what I've showed you just before, you can see how powerful AI has become and how much that obviously can impact some of our uh, real-world applications. And this is just to motivate you and also to see what's, what's actually possible today. Um, 
And I want to now talk about a few concrete examples about AI in the real world that is already applied and running in production. Um, because like what I showed you for earlier is mostly research and it's obviously not everything of that is, is already out there in the real world. Um, and generally, we believe um, that basically AI is not really um, there to replace certain business models, but often to enable it. And I will also show you how this is going to work. Um, to give you a bit of context, um, as Merantix, the venture studio I'm running, we are building AI-first companies. We work with founders, ideate with them, and then uh, incubate companies. We have started six companies so far in healthcare, climate tech, biotech, and also big data, very different industries from medical imaging over EU taxonomy reporting using a lot of NLP to autonomous driving, business intelligence, drug discovery, protein materials discovery. So pretty broad. And we basically incubate those companies, invest a couple of million, then basically support them and, and grow them. And, and so as such, I want to later show you a few of those applications. Um, what, what is very special about our model is that um, we have two special pillars that are also very integral. The first one is we also run a services company, Merantix Momentum, that basically builds customized solutions for uh, sometimes large, sometimes smaller companies, um, where we obviously also serve some companies that want to have their more propriety AI solutions in-house. So where it's not about building a generic product, um, but also we learn a lot in these collaboration. And also ultimately some of these customers have become then early customer of some of the products we've been launching. The second thing, and I, I happy to invite you all to, to come to Berlin, visit us. Um, last year, we opened the co-working space for around 500 people, uh, where now more than 80 companies sit and, and work on different AI applications, our own companies, but also many others. It's Fortune 500 companies, it's startups, it's investors, it's researchers, um, which, which is very interesting because it offers a lot of collaboration potential between those companies and on the knowledge level, but also on, on the opportunity to do business with each other. Now, I want to dive into two specific applications um, and, and show you how they work and kind of what's, what's special about them. The first one is our breast cancer screening company. So um, as you might know, breast cancer actually affects one in eight women in the world. So actually one in eight women develop breast cancer over their lives, which is a crazy high number. And the second thing is um, basically women often go in many countries to a regular screening procedure, like every year or every two years, where they basically get checked up on a medical image. Um, it's a bit like an x-ray. Uh, and then basically the doctor looks at, at the image and sees if there's something that is cancerous. And the sad part is that doctors actually miss around 20% of the cancers um, just because it's a very visually difficult task. Um, and it's very subtle difference that ultimately make the difference between is this a cancer or not. And that is actually very bad because um, a lot of the cancers actually um, are, are then deadly. And if you see it too late, it's actually very, very dangerous. And so um, what we've been developed is as a solution that supports doctor there. Because currently the doctor looks at the medical image and then basically says, look like there is a corner, there's something going on. Um, you know, let, let me, let me, let me uh, take this forward and then see if there's any, um, any further procedure we have to do. And uh, what we've developed with VARA is a solution that basically helps those doctors um, to do two things. First of all, pre-sort the cases. So because women go to screening, right? Like actually most women who go there are healthy. So the doctor ends up trying to find a needle in the haystack. Out of 100 cases, only three have something suspicious. So it's really finding a needle in the haystack. And what our solution does is basically pre-sorts the cases such that we say, look, like these 80% of the cases are actually not cancerous and we automatically filled out the report. And these and the doctor just has to finally check that quickly. And these other 20% are like really could be suspicious. Please look more carefully there. And by that, basically, we reduce kind of the, the haystack the doctor has to look at. 
And the doctor ends up finding more needles. So actually, without influencing the doctor, just because the haystack became smaller, um, it's actually easier to find the needles if you, if you want to stay in that analogy. And the second thing is, we also, when the doctor sends off the report and says, look, there is no cancer, but misses something, um, then we actually call the doctor back. We call it the so-called safety net and say, look, like you already sent this off, but by the way, we think there is still something, maybe double check here. And with that, basically, it's quite intuitive in the workflow. And that's very key also for AI solutions to think about the workflow in the right way um, so that it really supports the doctor. And with that, actually, we find uh, more than 50% of the cancers that the doctors misses. So more than one out of two cancers that doctors otherwise would overlook, we find. And at this point, actually, just in Germany, we process 70,000 cases per month in production. So we're really finding cancers every day. Um, there's a lot of research that came out. This is just a publication we came out last week and uh, that really shows um, kind of also the uh, on a large sample set how well these algorithms work. We even now surpassed the human performance also in, 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 in of, of German radiologists. And what we're doing right now is basically expanding the solution to a lot of markets where there are not enough radiologists. So we do stuff now in Mexico and Argentina and are looking at a few other markets where our models are also now in, in production, really trying to internationalize it. So this is this is one application, and then I wanted to show you one more as a as a final uh, part of my talk um, around legal tech. So this is a project we did with Morantix Momentum with one of our uh, customers, and it's around um, data processing agreements or more broadly contracts. Um, so what we did there is basically, you know, usually lawyers look at contracts and evaluate them, and then basically say, look, is it fine or not fine. And, and then maybe adjust it. So in the data processing agreement, there might be a draft and then the lawyers look over it and then maybe make some changes to it. And what we did is we built a tool that basically learns from the lawyers. So we basically just collected these changes and evaluations lawyers made over some time and basically got a lot of data processing agreements where we had lawyers evaluating them. And then we basically said, look, like let's build an AI that is trained on this and evaluates those contracts and recommends changes. And this is something we, we built that works actually really well. So I can give you like a little example. This is like just an excerpt from a contract. And then we basically, uh, the AI would make um, these recommendations. So it would say, look like here, we, we feel like the, 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 the phrase is very imprecise or the reference is wrong or there's a missing phrase. And this is something that is deployed in production. And you can imagine that being applied also to a lot of other interesting areas in the legal world or more broadly in the professional world where it's about reviewing documents and, and, and making changes. Now, the next step is actually to say, look, like instead of recommending changes, um, maybe even the AI can independently generate these tailored DPAs. And so um, that's, that's certainly the next step. Nothing we have done so far, but would have a huge impact, right? And so for now, actually with this solution, and we have some, we measured also some timings here with, with some of the, 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 the customers, uh, we could reduce the workload from six to eight hours to actually two minutes because you basically just quickly go through and, and basically accept or reject those recommendations and you don't have to read the full contract anymore. And you can imagine, you can take this, I mean, this is a big workload decrease, but also you can actually with a generative legal AI could potentially take this down to zero if you fully automate that. And this is, you know, very concrete application I just wanted to share with you. And um, there are many more, I mean, we've done, um, besides our product ventures, we have done projects in the in synthetic voice space with customer reviews, medical, more medical applications, manufacturing applications. So it's a pretty broad space of, of very interesting uh, use cases. And you know, um, with that, I'd like to uh, maybe give one more motivation here at the end. Um, you know, I think this is um, talent. The talent market is always a good indicator of what's going on in the world. And um, you can see here that. Um, the percentage of tech jobs requiring certain skills. And 
you know, you see that the curse over the years has really gone up, especially for AI, machine learning, natural language processing. And um, that just shows that basically across industries, um, basically for a lot of applications in the real world where now humans process data or generate data, AI will have a huge impact in the future. And as such, um, there will be a lot of new applications coming out, a lot of companies we built, and ultimately a lot of, yeah, just changes to our daily work life happening. And so, yeah, with that, I'd like to conclude my talk. And uh, thanks so much for, for, for listening. I'm actually already over my time. So uh, feel free to reach out over LinkedIn or via email. It's rasmus at merantix.com if you have any questions, if you want to visit the AI campus. And yeah, uh, thanks so much. Um, you know, this was, I uh, hope this was interesting and you, you learned something new. Um, and actually in like three minutes, the next session will start. Uh, Nicole will run a session on Europe's AI regulation and how that uh, can affect, if that's uh, good for investment and innovation here in Europe. And I hope you join that session. And yeah, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you.